All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming to you with a, a new podcast episode. Uh, episode, And <laughs> this is Christians Follow Torah. And uh, Jake, how, how have you been? I've been well. And Good. yourself? Good. Yeah. Good to see you. Jake and I have uh, not done this in a minute, but uh, you listening probably don't know because right. we have a lot of content out there right now. A peek behind the curtain. That's right. Well, this Jake, we, we've had some discussions, haven't we? We sure have. And sometimes we've had discussions with people who uh, are where we used to be and th- th- think the way we used to think and are in typical traditional Christianity. And might think that we're crazy. Yeah, yeah, and we have family members and other loved ones that still a part of Christianity, and um, we love them, and uh, we we don't, uh, um, you know, we we've had discussions, and we will continue to have discussions. And w- one of the things that uh, we discussed recently with some folks is, you know, the possibility that Christians are actually following Torah, right, and. Uh... You had a kind of interesting discussion where someone was quite adamant that they did not. <laughs> yes, yes. I've argued uh, multiple times with some people who uh, were offended that I said that they followed Torah. And uh, they refused to acknowledge it. And I asked them if they... Um, well, we'll get, in, we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So don't... Uh, don't uh, jump all over the yeah. the le- the story there. All right. All right. So this is this is a list of some scriptures and percentages. And so here lately for whatever reason I've been on a kick of percentages. I don't know why. You're a numbers guy, Matt. Sometimes I am. So <laughs> uh, but uh, this is percentage of the New Testament that's there the Old Testament that's found in the New Testament. So, you know, Jake does any of do any of these percents stand out to you? Uh, there, there's one that says 150%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Revelation, because it's found 605 times in 404 verses. I guess that's how I got 150. Yeah, so it's a, it's a representation of verses to occurrences. So you're going to have high numbers like that. So the Old Testament is quoted heavily, you know, up to 33% of the words uh, found in the New Testament are coming from the Old Testament. And I think it's always important to remind yourself, and um, if you're new to all of this, you know, uh, just remember that the uh, people that were listening in the uh, ancient, uh, the people that we read about in the New Testament, they didn't have the New Testament, did they, Jake? No. So they, they were reading the Old Testament scriptures, and they didn't even have all of those necessarily, like we have today, they you know they for sure had the Torah and the prophets, and probably depended on where you were and uh, how affluent your area was, if you how complete your library was. Right, and it was very expensive, and it took a long time to for you know probably even for an average little synagogue to to have all these things and put them all together in one place. It's it's not like it is today. Not as uh, readily available. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, it's not surprising that, you know, the Gospels uh, make up a pretty good percentage. Uh, the, the other thing that's interesting, uh, Philemon is zero. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hear a lot of people out there quoting Philemon. No, no, <laughs> it's not quoted as often. But, you know, Hebrews, a whopping 69%. 
as Which, well as First Peter. Yeah. Now Hebrews makes a lot more sense to me than First Peter because mm-hmm. Hebrews he's going through and comparing Melchizedek priesthood with uh, Levitical priesthood. So there's a lot of comparison there of what Messiah was mm-hmm. in relation to Old Testament things. So to me, I would expect a high number on that one, but first Peter's interestingly high. And Jude is up there at 68% as well. So with its topic, you know, it's, it's not that surprising either. Yeah. So, but anyway. a lot of Paul's stuff is like in the 30% kind of area. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, so, so when there, I I think about when I'm seeing a lot of that, it's like uh, they're telling people stuff, and then they're bringing their receipts. This is why I'm telling you what yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, uh, I've heard it kind of explained as the New Testament is essentially commentary on the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, Messiah says he came to fulfill the law, right? Which is to when you study out those words, it's to fully preach and it's to give how it was intended to be understood because obviously at this point they had skewed the meaning of a lot of things. Yeah. 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 They had to be set straight. So anyway, um, kind of an interesting reference and I put a source to this as a PDF you can download at the very end. I give you the link to it. Well, we're going to take a look at these scriptures. and um, Right. The point being, how is it that Christians are following the Torah? Yep. So not only following Torah, but believing Torah and quoting Torah. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, because a, a lot of these are verses maybe someone's quoted or memorized at some point. So, yeah. And so well, the first one, it comes from Matthew. Matthew 4, 4 says, it's written... One does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So now we're saying that this is coming from Deuteronomy when he's quoting this. So Deuteronomy 8, 3, he humbled you by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahweh. Now... We're not going to hit every one of these, right? No. That you live. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to read 150% of the Bible. Yes, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. No, we're just hitting some of these. Yeah, this hit. we're hitting the highlights for you. And then uh, Matt, I believe all these just came from Matthew. Okay. So that was just kind of kind of the focus was just let's take, let's take a look at Matthew. Kind of give an example um, of what's going on here. Matthew 4, 6 says, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And so right there he's telling you, it's written. Where is it written? Right here, Psalm 91, 11 and 12. For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Now, I don't know about you, but I was, when we kind of came into Torah, I was surprised at how many times it, they're just uh, quoting Old Testament things. Mm-hmm. It's like, because you, you think, you, well, I, I know the Old Testament. And then you find out, oh, wait, I kind of don't. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like, all this is quotes from that. And I didn't yeah. even realize. 
Yeah. And he was talking to an audience that was familiar with these things. So, and uh, we, in the Western mindset, we got disconnected from that. Yeah. From those roots. And now after, you know, going through Torah portions and things like that, and uh, uh, it's a lot more evident while I'm reading New Testament things, it, it just pops up. Oh, obviously that's coming from. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not new information. Yeah. You see it more and more. And then Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said to them again, it's written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. Uh, comes from Deuteronomy six sixteen. Do not put Yahweh your Elohim to the test as you tested him at Massa. Now I've definitely heard people quote that one a million times and they don't, they probably didn't understand they were quoting Torah. Right. Matthew 4.10, Jesus said to them, Away with you, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Deuteronomy 6.13, Yahweh your Elohim, you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name alone you shall swear. All right. And then Matthew 4.14-16, So that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. From Isaiah, of course, 9, 1, and 2. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. In the Matthew five twenty one, you have heard that it was said to those in ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. Exodus twenty thirteen, you shall not murder. So... This is clearly something that a Christian would say applies, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And this is an example, you know, if you're not murdering, you're following Torah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so that, yeah. But but sometimes if you say that, people are like, no, I'm not following Torah. But yes, you are. Right. And then we move on to Matthew 5.21, which is the same thing. And then the other scripture. Deuteronomy 5.17, you shall not murder. It's almost like he, by saying it multiple times, he was serious about it. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. You would be serious (laughs) about that. Matthew 5.27, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Exodus 20.14, you shall not commit adultery. I would say most Christians go... I don't commit. I don't want to do that. I know that's wrong. I'm trying not to do that. Uh, are they following Torah? Following Torah. That's right. Yeah. And then it goes on. To, so the, that we're not going to repeat Matthew five twenty seven, but uh, there's other scriptures. Jake will read these other scriptures where it says the same thing. Yeah, so I think we already did the Exodus twenty fourteen. Uh, so Deuteronomy five eighteen. Neither shall you commit adultery. Neither shall you. In Matthew 5.31, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. So that's from Deuteronomy 24.1 and 2. Suppose a man enters into a marriage with a woman, but she does not please him because he finds something objectionable about her. 
And so he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. She then leaves his house and goes off to become another man's wife. In the Matthew 5.33, um, again, you've heard it said to those in ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows that you've made to the Lord. Uh, so Leviticus 19.12, and you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your Elohim. I am Yahweh. Matthew 5.33, again, says the same thing. And then in Numbers. Oh, yep. Uh, 30 verse 2, when a man makes a vow to Yahweh he or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And, and why, do you know why he makes that a Torah command? About bearing false witness or? Uh, so here. I won't trick you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know, when I first read that, it makes me think of swearing falsely. Is you know, it makes yeah, me think of witness. bearing false witness. But I don't know. I don't think that's. I guess it's a version of that technically. But yeah, he's talking about swearing in his name and falsely meaning you can't back it up or you're, you're saying something that, in proclaiming by his name, something's going to happen, which. You really can't do. Right. And so here he's specifically talking about vows. And so um, we see a couple examples where vows go south uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, then Jairus' daughter. Along. Yeah. And Is you, it Jairus? No. Uh, no, that's, no, not that's a name. different guy. That's a, the guy that, uh, that's in the New Testament. Um, yeah. What is the guy? I can't remember his, his name. His daughter. Right and he says, the first thing that comes out of my house. Right. I will offer that to you. Right. Which, you know, uh, uh, someone from our group had an interesting perspective on that, that a, they probably had animals in their house and which would have, would have been normal at the time. But <clears throat> the reason that he has to carry out the vow that he made is because Yahweh makes vows to us and he makes promises to us and he swears oaths to us. And if you can back out on it, then he can back out on it. And he doesn't back out on his vows. That's why it's important that we keep our vows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would think that most uh, Christian parents would teach their children to let their yes be yes and their no be no. And this is kind of, you know, could be similar in some ways. And Yeah, it's tied to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, would tell them not to swear uh, an oath and um, and you know, say and those kinds of things. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. That your word should mean something. Yep. And, uh, and that's an, your word meaning something is following Torah. Right. Backing it up, which we know in the world today, people don't do, do very well, but Matthew five forty three, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So Leviticus nineteen eighteen, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love Yahweh, your Elohim as yourself. Oh, hang on. I mixed two there. I didn't read too well. Let's try that again. Uh, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahweh. So if you love your neighbor as yourself, are you following Torah? I think that's one of the greatest commandments. I think this so. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So definitely um, that would be true. 
And then Matthew eight seventeen. this was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. So telling you right there, it's from Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by Elohim and afflicted. Matthew nine thirteen a go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So he, I think he's getting this from a couple different places. There's a verse in Samuel two where he says this. So, uh, but we got Hosea six six here. For I desire steadfast love, and not sacrifice, the knowledge of Elohim rather than burnt offerings. Yeah, yeah, and so, and I think that would be something that people would tend to quote about how God, you know, this goes in with grace, right? You know, the, in, 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 in the Christian movement, you know, we, we do like grace and, um, I, I like grace. I want right. grace. We need, uh, so we need grace. <laughs> I need this very much. And, uh, but, uh, but when you, that concept existed way before, uh, Yeshua quoted it. Right. So he's not coming when he says this, he's not, quote unquote, doing away with sacrifices or the sacrifice mm-hmm. system. He's saying, uh, even, so I look at this one like this, how uh, in my previous walk, I think that what I was doing was um, I was leaning on that sacrifice, right? Every time I would, uh, you know, uh, sin, you know, unknowingly mm-hmm. um i'm counting on messiah's sacrifice mm-hmm. uh but he desires to not need that sacrifice yeah he wants us to be loving to him and obedient right uh and so uh that's kind of where this comes from he's saying i'd rather you just love me and do what you're supposed to than then uh rebel against me and then throw some sacrifices my way to appease me yeah, no, um, no decent parent, uh, you know, would prefer to whip their child with the with the wooden spoon. Um, you know, they would much rather their child obey, right? You know, um, and 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 not have to have that consequence. Uh, and that's the way he is too. Yeah. So it's, it's just a lot easier <laughs> uh, for everybody, right? And then Matthew 10, 35 through 36, For I have come to set a man against his father and daughter against her mother and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Ooh, that's kind of a lot to unpack there. That's that's uh, mean. Yes, yeah, that's that is mean. very Christian-like. Of yes, the... it doesn't sound like hippie, <laughs> hippie Jesus, does it? No, so I, I heard something interesting that uh, kind of stuck with me is, don't be nicer than God. <laughs> so, so, you know, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, don't or don't try to uh, hippie Jesus. You know, your way out of out of confronting sin. Mm, yeah. Uh, so this is from Micah seven six. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter in law against her mother in law. Your enemies are members of your own household. Moving on to Matthew, Matthew 15, 4, 4 a here. For God said, honor your father and mother. And so, we're going to repeat several verses here. 
Yep. So here's in Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that Yahweh your Elohim is giving you. And then also in Deuteronomy 5, 16, honor your father and your mother as Yahweh your Elohim commanded you so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that Yahweh your Elohim is giving you. So Jake, is it following Torah when you honor your mother and father? It would appear so. Yes. Yes. Yep. And then Matthew nineteen eighteen through 19, and your Yeshua said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. So Exodus 20, 12 through 16, Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that Yahweh your Elohim is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And then uh, basically says the same thing in Deuteronomy 5, 16 to 20, honor your father and your mother, as Yahweh your Elohim commanded you, so that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that Yahweh your Elohim is giving you. You shall not murder, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal, neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor. Yeah, pretty much absolutely identical. Mm -hmm. So these things we already talked about, but yes, you're following Torah when you do these things. Clearly, Exodus and Deuteronomy are... In the Torah. That's that's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matthew 22, 36 through 37, um, in the parentheses here, this is a lawyer asking Jesus a question. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And by lawyers, Pharisee. So teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, you shall love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So that's a... Uh, new commandment that that Yeshua is giving, right? Yeah, no. Oh, so that's in Deuteronomy <laughs> six five. You shall love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So it was a direct quote from the Torah, right? And then Deuteronomy twenty two thirty nine, and the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, uh, we, those are the only two things you have to do now. Uh, Leviticus nine, uh, you have to, which is Levitical law. You have right. To, Follow Levitical law. Hmm. So that's Leviticus nineteen eighteen. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahweh. Yeah, and I, and I think if you ask most Christians out there today, do you love your neighbor? And they're going to go, yeah, I'm supposed to. But you're following Torah, right? When you do, yep. And uh, you know, but you know, what does that mean to love your neighbor? You know, and to love God. And I think the reason why the com- commandments hang on those two things is because everything isn't everything one or you know really falls into one or two categories right how you love god and how you love people exactly and so you know people say that about like we got to love god love people but what defines what does that look like yeah how, what defines that yeah it's that it's it's like asking where do you get your morality who defines morality yeah and it's it's Yahweh. And, but I think a lot of people will say, well, the Holy Spirit tells me that, Jake. Yes. The Holy Spirit tells me what to do. Yep. But I believe, and, and there's no doubt the Spirit works within and moves people, but um, I believe for us our day-to-day, the more we understand Torah, the more we understand his, con- his character, the things he likes and he doesn't like, and we will learn to... Love him the way he wants to be loved and not the way we decide we want to love him. Right. It's the first John 
if you love me, keep my commandments. The same thing Yeshua says to his disciples. And I'm glad you went with went to uh, talking about character because this is exactly what um, Leviticus 19:18 is saying here. It's he's telling you that it's it's a description of his character. When he ends the verse with "I am Yahweh," he says, "Do this: love your neighbor as yourself," and then "I am Yahweh." It's declaring that this is how you. Uh, tie yourself to me. This is how people uh, people will associate you doing that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in without the context of Torah, what people do is they go, "Well, I'm nice to people. I don't flip people off when they cut me in traffic." <laughs> so that that and a lot of the, you know a lot of people would say that's me being nice to my neighbor. Right. Yeah. The 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 typical understanding of love your neighbor as yourself is the be nice, be nicer than God. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, in Torah, it does give you lots of descriptions about how to care for someone and how to take care, you know, for, and it's, and it goes beyond, you know, because we know the heart is deceitful above all things. We've got the scripture that says that, but all you gotta do is look around at the world and go, yeah, it's following our heart thing. It works really well. It's working out great. Great. So no problems, no situations. Um, but, you know, that. but in Torah, it told us how to take care of animals yeah. even. And, you know, and if you see an animal that, you know, needs help, go help it. You know, you know, if the animal's lost and, you know, keep it. And then if the original owner comes back, give it to him. I mean, these are things that... Um, people practice today often but they don't understand that that's you know it came from torah right um they know how to do these things but the torah defined these in greater detail and um i I believe people make a mistake when they say or they don't know what they're saying when they say i just i just know what to do because I, i don't believe there's a lot of evidence in the world that people really know what to do yeah i think uh You know, everyone has the spark of divinity in them, uh, and they have the opportunity to know uh, truth. But uh, it's like it's like you're saying. I mean, the it's not a feeling to love your neighbor, and it's you know it's it's a work, right? And you have to uh, try the spirits, right? So mm-hmm. if the if the if you're saying the spirit's telling me this, what spirit? Well, you'll say the Holy Spirit, but can you prove that it's the Holy Spirit telling you? And what is your basis mm-hmm. for claiming that? So, yeah. All right. We'll move on to a few more here. Matthew. Um, oh, the, no, we're about there. There you go. So, we're so just about done. There's the source for that chart uh, that breaks down the percentages. And then... Um, Jake, read this one. Uh, Matthew 23, 2 through 3. The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, observe and do. But do not you after their works, for they say and do not. So Jake, was he telling people to follow Torah here? Is that what he's talking about? Uh, That is how I read it. Yeah. Because 
that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were saying. Are we saying the Pharisees were really good at following Torah? It, it specifically says they're not. Yeah. It says they talk a good game mm-hmm. and then they don't do it. So. Uh, do you think sometimes people just look at the Torah, anybody following Torah, whether it be a Jew or a Messianic person, and they automatically assume that every time he talks to the Pharisees, he's talking about everybody that tries to follow Torah. Do, pe- do people out there make that assumption? It's It seems like it. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've been called a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, clearly the Pharisees weren't interested in doing the Torah. They were interested in man clubs that they could uh, bolster numbers and that, collect think, their money. and Yeah, they were interested in being the people who ruled from up some, high. Right. And the people telling the other people what to do. They they liked to do that, which is no different than a lot of modern religion today. Yeah. Does the same thing. There, there are definitely people who get their jollies by telling other people what they can and can't do. Yeah. And uh, they definitely did that. But, but this goes along also with those other passages. How many times did Yeshua heal somebody, do something, and then immediately says, go, go and show yourself to the priest? Why does he say those Every things, time. Jake? Because that was, that's the Torah. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it goes back full circle to the conversations we've had with people. And, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Those would have been golden opportunities if he really did nail the law to the cross and he fulfilled it. And, and his death meant, his fulfillment meant that he did away with the law those are the moments that it would have been, it would have made sense for him to go, you know what? You know, you've heard, heard them, heard people say that you're supposed to go show yourself to the priest. And uh, I say, you don't have to do that anymore. That's all done away with. I've took, taken all that away. Doesn't it seem like that would have been a golden opportunity to make your point? You'd think you'd say it somewhere. Uh, And and a lot of times the the argument is, well, he had to because he was a Jew. And it's like, well, I mean, he says, walk as I walk. And it's him who lives, not us. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, I mean, he could be telling people, go show yourself uh, to the priest and then say, well, I have to do that, but you don't have to because I'm a Jew and you're just some, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, and even even the, that concept there, you know, technically they're in front of a high priest, the high priest. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's, uh, you know, that part of it, I'm kind of like, hmm, I don't well, I think I think that goes into uh, the Torah talks about doing, going and showing yourself to the Levitical priest, yeah, whereas yeah. he's a Melchizedek. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. But, uh, but those are things you should ponder if you, if you haven't, you know. And so, when Jake, in the end, what are we saying? We're done here. What do we say? We're just trying to say that uh, um, we're not doing anything different than uh, uh, keeping Torah, like uh, Christians also do Torah. And I've heard numbers somewhere in the range of about 80%, whereas where Christians keep about 80% of the Torah just in just, day to just day. in their walk-in, yeah. their normal walk. 
because as you saw the numbers at the beginning, a lot of that is repeated in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is if it's not repeated, people think it doesn't apply anymore because they right. would repeat it. It's like, well, he repeated it a thousand times before. Mm-hmm. How many times does he have to say it? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope that we've given you some things to think about and some evidence of things to point to. And um, there are tons of, you know, we live in a day and time. Oh, that was supposed to be like a video, Jake. Oh. And it never played. Uh, but we live in a day and time in which it's just absolutely amazing. You can Google all of these things. You can Google all these scriptures and see how they trace back to Torah and all of that's at our fingertips. And it's easy to find this. So prove it and see if we're right. right. So we don't claim to, to be the be all end all on any of this, but we just hope to kind of point you to, uh, to something that you can dive deeper into. But so Jake, what is it that we want people to do? Uh, read your Bible. And then uh, also subscribe and uh, uh, follow some other videos and check out what else we have on sabbathlounge.com and uh, check out the podcasts. Yep. We're on all kinds of platforms, I think. Yep. Yep. For sure. Share it. Thumbs up it. Like it. Heart it. Comment. Of the the bell. The bell thing. The bell thing. Give us a shofar, a ram, something that shows that you listened to this. and if you made it this far, amazing. Thank you. Right. Thank you. So if you made it this far, uh, put a, a wrench emoji in here. And we know that you listened to the whole thing. Right. And uh, we'll be super impressed. But um, Are there wrench emojis? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> we'll go, oh, no, no one's listened. Whereas there is no wrench emoji. Perfect. Uh, wrench emoji or maybe a, some kind of a tool emoji would work. Oh, geez. So, you really set us up there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it should go just well. So, just fabulous. Well, anyway. we, we do appreciate your time and uh, stopping by and uh, look for our other content on other platforms. And uh, Share we'll, with be, your friends. we'll be back with some other stuff. Thanks. This is Matt and, and Jake, Jake. Out. Cuckoo. Okay.